how do I max out every day? I can only do it if I move well, if my technique is good, and I got a, a foundation that is unbreakable. And how do I manage all of this load in my life? Well, I got to have a foundation. I got to have scheduling to make sure my kids are on time and everything's in place. I got to have training time, time that I spend with my wife, time that I work on my business, time that I'm at the gym coaching. You have to have some type of technique in the, in the form in order to lift your heavy every day. This podcast is not to be used as medical advice or medical education. If you are experiencing pain, discomfort, or any other medical or physical ailment, please consult a licensed medical doctor or physical therapist. This is the strategy of fitness. Hey, this is Dan Gore from the Strategy of Fitness Podcast. We'd like to thank you for all of your support. And if you love the podcast, please recommend to a friend. Find the Strategy of Fitness on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Please like, subscribe, follow, and leave a review if you can. On Instagram, we are at the Strategy of Fitness. And we also give you the best gym songs every week, the Strategy of Fitness official hitters playlist on Spotify. Welcome back to the Strategy of Fitness podcast. My name is Nick Cressy, joined weekly by Dan Gorn and Rob Rowland. What's going on, boys? Man, I've had a productive Sunday, Nick, a very productive Sunday, and I'm in a pretty good mood. Tell Scared. me about that. Yeah, productive Sunday. Well, we'll get right into it, man. I, I, I did the uh, five, yeah, I threw a little pull up to see what I get on the five minute echo bike challenge. My goal was 85 calories. I've hit 92 on the assault bike. So just for a frame of reference out there, my body weight's at 190. So hitting 92 cals in five minutes on the assault bike is a really good score for me for five minutes. As we've talked about on the show many times, and I was messaging a couple of friends that were, you know, kind of shot me a message back there. They're expecting a little bit more from me. I'm like, man, that, that echo bike's a little different. You know, 84 was rough, man. My, my quads went into shutdown. It took every bit of me to get 84. I think 80, 85 to eight to nineties in the ballpark. I don't know if there's a, if there's a lifetime where I could hit like 90, 95. Like I think I could on the assault bike. That was, that was a brutal test. Have you ever tried the five, just five minutes burner on the echo? I haven't. I didn't even know it was like a new thing. Is it one of the new challenge type things going around? Fuck no. It's just something I did. <laughs> well, good for you then. Good, good push. No, I haven't messed with that. So that's 16.8 cows. A minute, so th- that's a that's a heavy sustained pace. What are you at your RPMs on that Echo? Probably seventy five at least. Yeah, I'm trying to keep between seventy and seventy five. By the last minute or two, I was down in the high sixties. Man, it was t- I, I could not keep seventy for that whole time. I think if you could start out at eighty, get that nice beginning push, keep it. If you can keep it steady above seventy the whole time, you can get to probably close to ninety calories. I, I could not do that. I, I lost it there towards the end, man. That, that thigh burn, that quad, the only time I felt that before was doing the Karen workout with 150 wall balls for time. That, that quad shut down was very real. I was fine. You saw a picture I put it on, on the Instagram. I kind of, I was okay. I recovered. I walked in the house and my quads just said, see ya. I had to lay down a little bit. It was rough. Yeah. It's funny, man, that the echo bike, the assault bike, but definitely the echo bike, they reward you for your 
early output as long as you go hard. Like it is so heavy output bias, which sounds obvious, but you got to think that guy that did 50 cows in 25 seconds, he's, he's up so high, so fast that the machine almost gets confused. I can do it with the rower sometimes when I hold like a 22 or 2400 calories for an hour pace real quick. And you can see the machine like starts like three or four at a time. And then you settle into your kind of your groove. It's the same thing with the echo. You got to go get it. But at the same time, you can potentially lock your legs up. Yeah. So if we're looking at a body weight goal, there's, we've talked about the body weight test of trying to hit the body weight says hundred for myself at this point, 190 calories in a 10 minute period. You divide that by that. You divide that by two. And what do you get there? That's 95 mm-hmm. a minute. So that would be the goal. I mean, that, that 90 hit 95 and five minutes on the echo bike. I hit 84. I, I think it's good. That's a good challenge for you guys out there. I just made it up. It's, it's definitely a zone that I suck in like that anywhere, like two to five minutes is, is a rough go for me. I'm actually probably better at a 10 minute or obviously anything more than that. Well, that's good stuff. When you said productive, I thought you meant you did some yard work or you did something for your house. You just meant you worked out. That's great. Like how long you know me? You think I do fucking anything for Bro, my house? That's that's why when you said I had a productive Sunday, I was like, what happened? What did he do? But it was just the gym. Good. We'll get into lifts in a couple minutes. Rob, what's up, bro? That's that's my long lost friend. It. What it was what is a productive Sunday? Because I used to think I was productive, and now that I have a kid, it's like productivity is going out the window. I feel like I had this list of these things to do. I can knock out half of it, and I still feel like it was a failure of a day. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's the last three weeks I've just been been burnt out i got my you know i had a, a, all my paperwork for friday I had a just slammed friday so like just kind of got up hit my first session of the gym went right to you know I hung out with my mom who was visiting for the weekend hung out with her and the kiddos you know had a great weekend with them and then you know got right into my paperwork little napski you know second gym session took the dog for a walk hit the laundry so yeah, this is a productive saturday i got on my sunday i got all my shit done that's a good day man i'm i'm impressed What's up with you, Rob? Been a couple of weeks, man. How you feeling? How first of all, how was Moderna part two? Did did it have any lasting lingering effects? Tell the listeners and then let us know about some workouts. I think Bill Gates got me, man. I think I'm still <laughs> the globalist I, agenda got you, huh? Dude, I had that second dose on January 30th. I had like that bad 24-hour reaction, and I don't think I've fully recovered since. It was like a, a culmination of work getting busy, Jackson teething, and Moderna dose too, but man, I still don't feel like I'm back to back to baseline. Like usually my this ring tells me my heart rate's like mid 40s at night. It's been like constant like low 50s for like a week and a half. I don't know. I'm just just out of it, but still training, just not to the same same quality. So I haven't seen you guys in a minute. I had a buddy come over last week. So this is the first partner workout I've done on the bike erg for real. So he jumped into the year of the engine. We did a Six rounds of two minutes on, three minutes off. And this dude is a guy I used to train strongman with. He's, and he's actually got a pretty good cardio engine. He's been hitting the rower a lot. And he's like a sub 650 2K guy. And this bike just absolutely buried him. It was great. Made me feel good. Made me push a little bit harder than I usually do on there. Like I, I, I like working out by myself. I feel like I push pretty hard. But when there's somebody else there just struggling, it makes you push that much harder. And I think I, my legs were ruined for a good two or three hours after that workout where I feel like I, I couldn't sit in one position for more than a few minutes. So as much as I like training solo, man, the, the group partner workouts are definitely something I've been missing over the last year. 
Yeah, especially on a grind like that. You said six by two, right? Six by two, but three minute recovery. So those two minutes were I was trying to cook. I was trying to hit failure. Oh, right. And the three minute recovery, the first minute you're just getting feeling back to your legs. The next two, you're dreading the two that are coming beyond that. So it's a grind. And I was doing, I was smoking burgers. So I wanted to get the Traeger started between sets. Of course. And you see my bikes in the basement. I literally had to crawl up the stairs on my hands and feet to get up there to get the grill started. (laughs) Wait, you don't have the app that you could change shit around or no? Dude, my trigger is like over five years old, man. They didn't have the yeah, Wi-Fi the enabled app. I don't times, have bull horns bro. on my smoker. I got to go up there and switch it on and turn the dial. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Any lifts? Oh, uh, still hitting five, three, one. I hit two forty-five for a set of ten on bench. So Whew. I don't think I've ever hit two twenty-five for twenty on bench. But I think I think that's in within sights. I think I could get like fifteen right now. So that's gonna be my goal for this. 531 cycle. I want to hit 225 for a set of 20. That's funny. A 531 cycle, which is really for top line strength, and you're going to go bang out 20 reps at 225, which is awesome. It's just, I don't know. You do all these rep maxes, and I don't, it, my body just responds well to it. It's low volume. It's just go out and get it. And I, don't, I always do well with 531. Love the more that. you guys talk about your numbers, the more I feel like I'm like the make a wish kid on this fucking podcast. <laughs> which, by the way, we have Elijah Muhammad. Later on in the episode, we're all the Make a Wish kids for that because that dude's an absolute freak. So excited to get yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, then you then you get to the real monsters, and you know it's it's just guys. Just there's levels to this shit, isn't there? There are real levels. You know, the real levels. Uh, it's it's a it can be a bummer, but it's also I think very inspiring too. Yeah, exactly. Everyone starts somewhere, right? That's what we say anyway. Cool. All right. Well, as for me, boys, good. Good couple days in the gym. Did one yesterday I shared with you, Dan. Real nasty. Real fucking nasty. It was 10 rounds, 15-minute cap. It's, the bar has 135 pounds on it. It's three power snatches, three bar-facing burpees, three cleaning jerks, three bar-facing burpees. 10 rounds. So essentially, you're doing 30, 30, and 60 in, in those 10 rounds cumulative. Clyde had a beat 10-minute target for me, and I went out and did it at 9.42, I think. Boys, I haven't hurt like that in a hot minute. Just fucking dying. Brutal. I, I texted you this. Was that very deceiving? Because when you talk about threes, I, I look at the number three. You know, I don't care if it's 100 rounds. I'm like, oh, three. You can always do three, right? You know, is that part of the difficulty of the workout is you can yeah, always do Yeah, you can three? always do three. The problem is getting back to that barbell. Like my boy, Nick DeMalto, who listens to the pod, loyal listener, said, oh, it's easy sub 10 when I sent it to him. And he did it today. And I think he hit it in like 1220. And he was like, holy shit, dude, that was hard. So like. He was saying for himself, he thought easy sub 10 as he's looking at that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it does. It reads kind of like, and I knew when I saw the time, when I saw the time cap, I was like 15, that's too slow. But then I started thinking 10, that's 12 reps in a minute. 120 reps total. So I started thinking, I was like, all right, well, that's basically, what is that, Isabel and what's the other one? Grace? Yeah. Isabel, Grace, and 60 bar facing burpees. Like, well, shit, that probably, that's going to suck. And, and you put and, it that way. <laughs> yeah. So basically, I was hanging in there. I was cruising for the first six or seven. It was one of those ones where, like, I died afterwards. I didn't die during. I, I was able to keep my, my snatches touch and go. I did the clean and jerks broke it on purpose so that was cool 
and then I've I've been doing this thing recently. I don't know if you guys have ever messed with rep ranges like this, but or it's not rep ranges, it's singles. But it's an EMOM and like the clean start at 255, you add 10 pounds every minute, but you do 30 double unders. So 30 double unders, single squat clean, add 10 pounds. So it's 255, 265, 275, 285, 295. And what I've noticed is I don't have the time because you know you're hitting your 30 double unders, you're changing your weight, you're going up to the ball, you're lifting. And then you, you know, you have about 20, 30 seconds to to get back to the rope. What I've noticed is I'm not in my head, so I'm not even thinking about it. So like I hit 335 today, which is five pounds under a PR, but in a workout, you know, because I just I don't have the time. And the same thing with the snatches. I would, you know, I I hit 265. And I was like, holy shit, like I think it goes back to the mentality of a lot of these lifts. But that's a cool thing where you're just adding 10 pounds quickly, even if it was you know, every 90 seconds rather than every minute, I think it would be, would be good. So yeah, it's been good hitting some decent lifts and some of the wads have been real fun. It was three thirty-five, and though I was not expecting that. That's pretty stout there. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was a good day. The double unders for one are just cake. So it's enough to like, it's a little muscle confusion. What about 15, <laughs> five, by the way, Dan, the, the P90 X muscle confusion. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Uh, yeah, I did CrossFit Open 15.5. I think my time was 11.25. It was 27, 21, 15, and 9. Row, cows on the row, and then 95-pound thrusters. So just a good one to get ready for the Open. And had a game plan, and I stuck to it. I, I kept the rower at like right around 1,100 cows per hour and hit the thrusters in 8, 7, 6, 6 reps. And then the tw- round of 21, I went 8, 7, 6. Eight seven, and then hit the nine in a row. So it wasn't like the blowout best effort. I I mean, pace wise, I, I probably overpaced it, but I just need to get better. Like especially as the opens coming up, I'm just go out like an asshole, and I just need to be like you know stick to a game plan. I, I'm sure there's a better time for me out there, but I actually did stick to the game plan. I, I just think that that's going to be a huge thing for me in the open is if I can just pace myself a little bit better, I think I'll perform a lot better. So that's good. One it's nice me. doing those, those open type workouts where like, if you do pace it and you feel like you left something on the table, now you can race against that. You yeah. didn't blow up what happens so often. And it happened to me when I first started doing this shit. And you know, I may not go to the pain cave like some people do. I probably don't, but a lot of people burn out right up front. The first, you know, that 27, they do it unbroken. And then That's the rest, me, yeah. I mean, yeah, the usually. 21, 15, and 9 is an absolute joke. It's not even a workout. You're stumbling and fumbling all over the place. So at least you went to it, you were formulaic in your approach. And, you know, next time you do it, now you can try to shave 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think it just goes back to being smart about the workouts, which, hey, I don't have the best track record of. Like, you, you ask anybody, <laughs> it's hysterical that I do this podcast, you know, for – because I, I think I give a lot better advice than I, you know, than I take for myself. A lot of these workouts, I, I blow up pretty early. So, but yeah, it was a good, good one for me. Good, just mental task. It was just kind of myself doing the workout together. It was a good one for anyone who's trying to get ready for the open. I recommend checking out 15.5 and trying to do that to the best of your abilities. It's a great workout. Yeah. And before we tee up our guest for an awesome episode, let's talk about this Goggins challenge that I drunkenly accepted. Yes, please do. Yeah, so I'm sitting there. I don't know. I think it was like Thursday night. I had a couple tequilas in me. My buddy hits me up. Hey, by the way, man, I'm doing this thing. Tyler Luff, I don't know if he listens or not, but he's like, yeah, it, it, I wanted to do it last year. It's every four hours, four miles for 48 hours. So it's 48 miles. 
And I said, okay. So now I got to do it. And I said it like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. I'll do it. And I thought about it. I'm like, did I ever run 48 miles in a month in, (laughs) I don't know how long, forever? Training probably back in the day, 20, you're thinking like 2012, 2013, something like that. So little boy's legs are going to be hurting, but that's what's coming up for me. Starts March 5th. Yo, you guys would be proud of me. I've touched iron every single time I've hit the gym. I've been touching iron and I have not gone for a legitimate run, I think in over a month. <laughs> How's that doing for you? Uh, I'm fine. You know what? I do notice in my physique, I think it's definitely improving my physique a little bit. It's just, it's, it's almost like a time thing, right? Like where I, I used to do the runs is like, oh, I have a little extra time. I have less of that now. So I'm like, okay, we really got to focus and hammer on the weaknesses, which is always the iron. So yeah, I've, I've totally, I would, that, that would, I wouldn't say it would kill me right now. I'd actually like to do it. When are you guys doing that? It starts March 5th at 11 p.m. Eastern. See, that kind of sucks because I'd rather do that in the summer. Hashtag running season, hashtag vest Yeah, me too. Now, but you know like, Goggins is going to pick it where it's inconvenient uh, yeah. for half so the it's world. A, okay, yeah, inconvenient. Okay. He's, 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 you know, he does it. Look, it's a, my first run is going to be 11 p.m. the 5th. Then it's going to be 3 a.m. Then it's going to be 7 a.m., 11 a.m. So it's staggered. He goes live. I'm going to try to track it for our IG just so people can kind of see. Because, yeah. again, I'm not a fucking runner. I mean, yeah. I can run, I can figure it out, but like, this is not going to be fun for me. And the next week, the open starts, which like, you know, yeah. just a, just a nightmare timing for, for your boy, but it should be, you know, I, I love doing stupid shit that I can say I did. So yeah, yeah that'd be cool. Dan, since you've been touching iron so much and not running, have your legs got so big that you can't scratch the back of them anymore? <laughs> they're, getting, they're getting there, man. I was, I was putting my pants on that. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna have to get some new joggers, man. Let me see what you're working with. Stand up. Let's see the let's see the quad. Okay, yeah. Hold up. Let me put the screen down there. Oh yeah, I see that. Make them shake a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, right there. Not bad. Oh yeah, that's good. Not bad, right? Good sweep. Thanks, dude. That's great. Awesome. Well, good. Dan, tee up our guest for us, please. Well, that's our male body worship segment. We're all done for the day. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll, that'll be the only part of it. Uh, today, we're bringing out Elijah Muhammad. We've wanted him as a guest for a while for a number of reasons. He is a an absolute fascinating social media follow. I urge all of you guys to check him out. He has a beautiful family that he's very family-oriented. He's a five-time regional CrossFit Games athlete, two-time CrossFit Games competitor, has some awesome highlights on YouTube and a very unique skill set. He comes from a basketball background and just an overall inspiring and just cool dude. Some of that we could all relate to with kids. And definitely if you, if you follow him on social media, he puts his family first. So very excited to talk to Elijah and talk about the balance between the family and the working out and his business and everything he's got going on. So very excited to bring him in. Hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to the strategy of fitness podcast, Elijah Muhammad. What's going on, man? Nothing, man. Just got back in town, long travel, but happy to be home and uh, all's good. All's well. Where's home nowadays? Iowa. Got it. Cool. Well, you're used to the shitty weather and the, and the snow that, that the, the rest of the world's going through right now, I think, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. So, first of all, five-time regional athlete, right? Two times games. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Seven-time regional athlete. Oh. Two-time cross I'm sorry for underselling you. God, that that's awesome, man. We were actually watching some of the, the 14 footage with the rope climb and the and the sprint today. Awesome stuff. Oh, sweet, sweet. Yeah, we'll get into it. So before we go back and kind of give the the listeners some insight into 
who you are and, and where you're from, et cetera. What'd you hit today in the gym? Workout. I was driving. I didn't even work out today. I've been on the road all, the, all day. Oh, damn. All right. Well, that's an easy, easy enough. All right. Well, let's, let's go, let's go back then. Let's go back to kind of how this journey CrossFit even came about. I think you have a really unique backstory, especially with the basketball transition. So take us all the way back. Tell us about how you got into fitness, how you grew up, where you grew up, et cetera. And we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, grew up in Columbus, Ohio, on the east side of Columbus, Ohio, played basketball. I uh, started probably like at the end of middle school, high school, playing organized basketball. It's funny because I was known for football growing up, a huge football player, and then I uh, got into basketball and found out I was pretty good. And uh, by my sophomore year, I had a, a, a blowout season my sophomore year where I was a six-man coming off the bench on varsity and you know just did really well. That led me to say, okay, junior year, all the seniors are gone. I'm a junior. I'm the top guy on the team. So kind of had the team for two years under me and just loved, loved playing and started getting scholarships and letters from colleges. And I was like, oh, shoot. I can all right, college? Like, okay, like I could go to college. So then I went to a junior college in Chicago, Illinois, called South Hall, uh, South Suburban uh, in South Holland, Illinois. It was it was phenomenal, man. Broke all kind of records with the school, made it to like the national um, Juco tournament, finished like fifth and fourth, I think, uh, in the world, in the country. So this really did good. After that, I transitioned out of junior college to my university and went to Tennessee Tech. Went there for two years, had a blast, learned a lot. As I was there, I fell in love with lifting weights and just the transition of, you know, developing as a man, getting bigger, getting stronger. My strength coach was a CrossFit guy. And so he was like, man, you'd be really good at CrossFit. So every now and then in the summertime, he would, I was there for one summer from my junior to my senior year. I was there for that summer. And he would like allow me to jump in CrossFit classes. And we incorporated some of the CrossFit stuff into our training as far as the intensity and you know, the metabolic conditioning and stuff like that, Metcons and everything like that. So we kind of knew what cost it was. We had did it a little bit. And so after that, like any other college kid, you know, got done playing basketball. I was like, what am I going to do? I got to, I want to go overseas and play ball. And my college strength coach gave me an option, an opportunity to be a strength coach. He said, hey, I'll hire you as a, as a strength and conditioning coach if you compete in CrossFit. I think you'd be really good in CrossFit. You know, the guys respect you. You're a captain on the team. You know, you showed a lot of improvement uh, that year, that senior year. I was strength conditioning all American athlete just for the improvements that I had made and stuff like that. And so basically everyone uh, throughout the Ohio Valley Conference, I guess I got placed as, you know, the strength American, uh, all American athlete. So he was like, man, I think you should do strength conditioning and compete in CrossFit. And so he had a team called CrossFit Faith. And so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And he just literally saddled me up and took me to like a, I think it was like a, a sanctional or sectional at that time. And uh, we did the sectional. I was terrible, terrible. Couldn't do anything. But I think that just that was kind of the beginning of lighting that spark because my strength coach knew how to motivate me. He knew how to me to want to do certain things or push a little bit harder. And a lot of the workouts I couldn't do. And so I went back, you know, started doing my strength and conditioning thing. And as I was doing that, I was just jumping into CrossFit classes and I started coaching CrossFit a little bit. And then out of nowhere, here comes Rich Froning. You know, second fittest man in the world at the time, becomes a strength and conditioning coach at Tennessee Tech University with me. And my coach was just like, whatever he does, you do that. I was like, all right, game on. Like, you know, I'll, I'll train with you. Like, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want to do, I'm game. So, Bernie just kind of led the way. You know, I didn't have to think about anything. I didn't have to say anything. I didn't have to worry about anything. It was just like, whatever he's doing, that's what we need to do. And I just did that. And then I was around 2011 
you know, did the open, didn't qualify for, didn't qualify for regionals as an individual. So I went team and uh, that just kind of sparked the CrossFit the thing. And then 2012 came back, qualified for regionals and the rest was history. I was all in. Yeah. I don't know how many people do CrossFit have the basketball background. Not Sorry, many. I'm absolutely obsessed. I love the clip of the 2014 regionals, the Southeast regionals. If you guys want to look this up, the workout is 10 rounds for time, one legless rope climb at a 14 foot rope ascent and then it's a 200 foot sprint and i thought that was a cool workout with your background in basketball because basketball if you play it's a good smattering of your energy systems right there is a lot of kind of jogging there's a lot of kind of positioning on defense where you're not doing that kind of blowout explosive strength so i think that that's one thing about basketball athletes that is very underrated is they're they're conditioning at that kind of long steady state cardio pace and then the ability to then explode off of that and have amazing kind of quickness and burst and speed so that was a cool workout to watch you do with the basketball background because that's not that dissimilar from playing where you're kind of you know kind of going along a little bit it's a sprint but again you're probably not sprinting to a full capability you're keeping a good steady pace and then boom you got to jump explode quick climb back down so i think it's a cool youtube highlight and it definitely saw kind of that basketball background fit in there i love that yeah yeah man that event uh like like turned around after that event (laughs) that event was huge man that was kind of your tipping point your turning point right yeah, as I was growing in CrossFit, a lot of people just kind of knew me from training with Froning. Of course, the nickname kind of caught people's ears, you know, easy, easy, easy when they heard that name. It was like, but a lot of people didn't really know, you know, what I was capable of or who I was per se, because I was under Froning, which was totally, totally okay with me. I had no problem with that. You know, like Froning was the guy, I was my brother and, you know, whatever I needed to do to support him, that's what I was going to do. And, but as that kind of grew on and I started to get into the realm of things myself and going to competitions. People started seeing me like, oh, that's easy. Kind of knowing that I was a competitor and that I was, you know, someone that became respected in the community. So Elijah, basketball players typically aren't too good in the, the fitness world just because of the long levers being being a little bit taller. I know you said you were training with Froning initially, but talk a little bit how you modified your training program for you, just working towards your advantages and then the events that are not so so good for the tall people. So how'd you kind of customize your training as you develop as an athlete? Well, I knew as an athlete, my, my strength coach was, my strength coach at Tennessee Tech was a really, really just, just knowledgeable guy. He was, I mean, as any mentor, right? So he not only taught me about programming and how to implement certain things and movements and, you know, faults and stuff like that, but he was just like, hey man, like use what you got. And just simple things like that was like, man, if I got these longer levers, it's like, I just got to learn how to use them the proper way. And I can probably be more powerful than someone shorter. So um, I know I can jump higher. I know I can run faster. So it's like, I got these levers and I have these opportunities. Like, well, let me try to transition it over. And so when I first started CrossFit, it was kind of hard to find like my foundation because I wasn't good at gymnastics. I was really bad at weightlifting. I just, I didn't have that base. I had an endurance pace from basketball where like my, my mile time was like 5.15. So I knew I can run a good mile time. My 5K was like 18.40 or something like that. So I knew I can move for a long duration and I had that kind of push, but it was like, that's not helping me in CrossFit because I can't lift 135. For, I can't do this for 30 reps. So as I started to learn more about my body and my levers, I, I made my foundation weightlifting. So as I started to understand weightlifting more, I realized that that was something that I could I could be good in, and I used that as my foundation to get better at everything else, and to just have a positive mind state about everything else as I was getting better at weightlifting, seeing improvement in my mobility positions and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I learned 
to figure out what works best for me so that I can then pursue and, and spend that energy and time on other things because I was always in a positive mind state and having fun. That's awesome. I mean, I think two things that have jumped out to me so far just chatting is you had, you had two really good mentors, right? And I think it's the the power of, so you had that strength and conditioning coach at Tennessee Tech and then Froning, which I had no idea you, you trained with Froning. From a mental standpoint, look, the, the physical, you've, you've clearly done all of that. You, you built yourself all the way up. From a mental capacity, what did that do to you? Like showing up, especially with Froning as he was emerging as this CrossFit star, even before CrossFit was this transcendent sport. Was it was it little victories in the gym? Were, were you seeing him and, and just kind of mimicking him? You know, what was that doing for you from, from a mental standpoint rather than physical? Uh, yeah, the mimicking was for sure. Like I would just watch him move and then try to move like that because ideally it was like if he's the second fittest man in the world, it's like I'm going to do that. Same idea of like a Kobe and Jordan. It's like I'm going to mimic exactly what you're doing and then make it my own. And so I did a lot of mimicking of how Froning moved, his squat position, his snatch, the thing that he did just because I thought that was the proper way to move. But like the mental standpoint was like, man, he just had that. I don't know. It was almost like he was fighting for his life or something. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he was in a state where it was like, my life is on the line. And you don't really know how to put yourself in that position if your life's not actually on the line. But like, that's kind of what it looked like. It was like, and so when people used to ask me, like, when you train with phoning, like, I was like, if you, you can watch any interview I've ever talked on, podcast I've ever done, I never said I wanted to win the games because I had a visual of what it looks like to win it. And I was not willing to do that. I just, I just wasn't. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to go that deep. I was just like, I just want to be known as one of the fittest. That's it. I just want to be one of the fittest. However that looks, I'll take it. I just got to get to the CrossFit game. So I'll put in the work. I'll put in time. I'll put in the effort. I'll do exactly what I need to do to, to be one of the fittest. But I got a, 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 a like a front row seat of like what it takes to be the fittest, and like it was it was rough. If you know me, you know I'm always on the run, up early and home late. So having a three hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because it was, I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process, so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash provengrit. Check it out. It was like, you know, like it was almost like, I'll balance you out, bro. Like, I, I'm not going to try to be exactly what you are because you need a balance. So I'll balance you out. And I think everyone around him kind of did that because he was just, he, bro, he was like, I, he, like, he was just, he was getting it, man. He was getting it. 
there was a few times in my in our training life that I said, I'm gonna do everything you do today. Cause it's like usually I would train with him at uh, the gym. Then he would go home, do some stuff, or he would do some stuff in the morning before he came to the gym. Then after everything was over, we would drive up to his dad's or, you know, go here and train or whatever. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna do everything you do in one day. And I and normally I did pretty much everything what he did, but like when I try to do everything that he did and train with him every single session, like it was it was rough those next few days. Like it was, you know, it was just, it was just rough. So, and that's, uh, a, and that's a dude in, in yourself, you were in really good shape. So like, that's that next level up, right? Like these dudes and like the Frazier retirement, look, we don't know Frazier. Of course we know him from what he shows us on Instagram, but these guys, they live a different life to be that good, right? Like they're the Tom Brady's of their sport essentially. And Tom Brady ain't a normal dude, you know? And like, um, even with Frazier, like I used to room with Frazier when we, when we competed together. So it was a few, I was with Frazier for a few months where we used, we did grid back in the day when grid was a thing and he was on the, on the team with me. And so we used to room together and hang out together and chat and stuff like that. And that's how me and Frazier built a relationship. And from the literally like the, it was like a, I went to like their regional to support Frazier. I didn't even know him, but we were both sponsored by the same company. And I flew out there and watched him compete. And I was like, whew. I like this dude. Like I just watched him. I was like, I like this dude, man. And then literally right after that, we got on the same team and, you know, we were room together, hang out a little bit, kick in and stuff like that. And as I was talking to him and watching him move, I was just like, you, you got that, but like, you got that proning, button. like I, you can see it in certain people where it's like, it's there. And it's either, it's going to come out, either it's about to come out soon or like, it's, it's going to come out, but you can just see it in certain athletes. And so when I met Frazier, I kind of knew like, yeah, he's different. Like he's he's different, and I like Frazier a lot, man. Like because of how how polar opposite he is of Froning. You know, I've had kind of inside of both of them, Froning a lot more than Frazier. Frazier was very very temporary, but like they're just totally they're, they they got the they're cut from the same cloth, but totally different makeups of it. Like like the patterns on them are totally different. The designs on them are totally different. Like. How they like it's just it's just totally different. So it's been pretty cool to kind of see that that Fraser rise and come up, you know, and be beside Froning through the beginning of his career and stuff like that. Yeah, that's awesome. And I wanted to get your take too. One of the reasons we had you on, and you know, obviously there's only so much you can can learn from somebody through their social media, but I love the fact that you have your kids in the gym. You have a beautiful family, and I love the fact that you're in there with your kids, kind of getting after and teaching them the ropes. So, what age do you start? You start getting your kids in the gym. I have two little ones myself now, five and two. Like, what are some advice for the parents out there who have these kids and want to inspire that, kind of get that spark going in the gym? Yeah, man. Honestly, I let my kids just I just let them see me, I let them watch me. I try to make things fun when they get in there, and just, you know, make it kind of where they can just move around, put things together, grab a jump rope out, do some, you know, run on the runner, hop on the bike, and just move. I just let them kind of do what they want. When when everybody turns 10, it's time to train. Or if you play sports. So my rules in my household is if you play sports, you have to train. And by training, I mean you will have sessions that you will do with me in the garage or you know, come to the gym, whatever it may be. If you don't play sports, by the time you're 10 years old, you will start working out anyway, just for general fitness and staying in shape and stuff like that. So it's just certain rules. But at the end of the day, it's, it's as long as they're having fun and they're enjoying it, just be that person, just be in the gym. Like they can't break anything. Just make sure they're in there having fun and, and getting after it. And then it'll, it'll allow the parents to, to loosen up a little bit. Cause like we tumble and then they learn basic things that they're going to go to like gymnastics and see, or they might get into weightlifting. They already have, you know, a foundation or they'll, they'll play sports and 
they already know how to move their bodies in certain manners and stuff like that and cut and jump and run. And you just get that from being in the gym. Um, so I will always encourage parents to just let their kids kind of, you know, float their way in there on their own. I like that. So we've gotten a good, good history on you, how you got started in competition. What's Elijah doing now? Are you still competing or what, what are your primary goals right now? Yeah, man. Number one goals right now is my gym, Unorthodox Fitness in Grimes, Iowa, and my nonprofit, Project Onyx. Um, those are my number two focuses right now as far as it goes business and work and stuff like that. It's to raise as much money as possible for Project Onyx and give these kids an the opportunity to get into the fitness industry, to work, learn how to coach, get them certifications, whatever they're looking at, whether it be engineering, whether it be coding, gaming, whether they want to be bankers, it doesn't matter. To teach these kids, you know, just the basic necessities of how to work, how to, you know, stay dedicated to something, put their mind to something, and then give them the financial empowerment um, as young kids where they can come in, we're going to start a t-shirt printing business where they can print t-shirts, learn how to manage certain things and just make them some money and teach them, you know, keep them healthy mentally and physically allow them to work out and train and then start getting them understanding of what, how the world functions. You know, it's, it's a lot different navigating the world as a young black man versus, you know, your peers or your other ethnicities out there. So just want to give them the tools that they need in, in every aspect that I can possibly think of so that they are comfortable. So right now, the only focus is right now is the gym, building membership, going to the gym, engaging with my community, making sure they're happy and healthy and having fun with me. And then making sure my, my nonprofit and my kids are well taken care of and just in the position they need to be in to be successful. That's awesome, man. Project Onyx was, I, I was looking around at it today. Awesome cause and, and encourage anyone that's listening to this to go check it out. Talking about running a gym post COVID, how's that been? It's been awkward, but not bad. It's awkward because it's like you're in the gym, you know, people take their mask off, but because you've been around them so much, you just feel comfortable. And a new person walks in the gym and takes their mask off. It's kind of like, oh, we don't know you like that. But it's like, you still go grocery shopping. You still travel every now and then. You still go to work or hang out. Like, it's just the, the uncomfortability of new people being around you in a closed space. But it's like, you go to the grocery store. Like, why are you worried about a new member walking in or somebody coming in? that you don't know when you're walking around people all day long and bumping people, touching stuff that people touch and being in, in closed stores or environments with people. So it's just an awkward space where it's like, even me, I was like, should we like start bringing in new people? Because like, we don't like know them. And like, but it's like my members go, they live their daily lives and I don't know what they're doing outside of here, but they come to the gym every day. So right now we're in the business after COVID. It's, it's like I said, it's just, it's just awkward because you want to respect people as much as possible and make sure they are safe and you're taking the you know, protocols to make sure everyone is safe. But at the same time, it's like, okay, we got to keep moving though. Like we got to. Well, people are itching to get back to it. Right. And like, not everyone's got the sweet gym set up. Like I saw your, your garage gym. It's ridiculous. Like it, it's, it's yeah. sick. Right. But not everyone has the means to be able to do it. So or the priorities. So, you know, people want to get back in the gym. You just got to be safe about it. Speaking of the garage gym, though, you do some really cool stuff on IG with where you're videotaping yourself and, you know, it looks like you're working out with yourself with, you know, yeah. there's, there's two EZs in there. Really cool. If if you are making a home gym, what's, what's your priority? What are you telling people to get first? Oh, a squat rack and a barbell. Oh. That's it. You're a squat rack and a barbell. You know, you want to keep your endurance up, go run. You can always run. You can always figure out a place to run, run sprints, run shuttles, run out of track, whatever it is. But uh, you need a squat rack and a barbell. Squat rack and a barbell. You can do overhead squats, front squats, back squats, push press, push jerk, split jerk, snatch, clean and jerk, overhead squats, 
sumo deadlift, high pull, deadlifts, bench press. Like you, the barbell just gives you so many options. You want to make it aerobic, take the weight off and just use the barbell. You want to make it a lactic thing, set the clock on Tabata and go at it. You know, like, so the barbell is just like the, the, the all, the end all be all for me. And where it's like, I need a piece of equipment. I'm going to make sure I got a squat rack and a barbell. And I made a squat rack for 60 bucks with some wood, some concrete and some buckets. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just like- Same. Orange buckets, yeah. baby, from uh, from Home Depot here. That was yeah. awesome. <laughs> That's yeah, what I did. It was great. Made me a squat rack, man, just to make sure I got an extra barbell and extra squat rack for someone else to come in. But like, you don't even got to have a lot of money. You, know? you can make a squat rack. You can go buy a barbell. You don't even need plates. Just up the volume and have some fun. And then as the money comes in or as you you know prioritize it, go buy a few bumper plates. Go on Facebook Market. You'll find them with no problem. Super cheap. In that vein, so you're telling somebody this, you know, how to, some good advice for starting out to build their own gym. So we have some people who listen to this podcast that fall into the more novice, kind of more of the novice weightlifter, the novice CrossFitter. What are some of your advice? Like you see people that come in your gym. What are some big mistakes that the novices make? And what could you give those those tips for beginners as they're just kind of starting their own fitness journey, their own CrossFit journey with the time that they have? Yeah, the biggest mistake is thinking that you got to get in shape before you go into a CrossFit gym. That's the the biggest mistake is thinking I got to figure out what to do before I go into a CrossFit gym. It's like CrossFit gym is the best space you can go to. You know, it's the number one place where you have a coach that's going to lead you. It's going to guide you. They're probably fluent in mobility. They're probably comfortable speaking about weightlifting, weight loss. They're comfortable with aerobic capacity. They're comfortable with building strength, mobility, you know, injury prevention. Like your CrossFit coach is literally like your doctor, your PT, your physical therapist, your coach, everything rolled in one if they're doing, you know, what they need to be doing. So the biggest mistake that I see people that are starting on their fitness journey or at the novice level is thinking, I got to get in shape before I go into the gym. The people that are already working out at the novice level is thinking that they got to get to the RX level. It's like, nah, stay there, stay comfortable, just move, make sure fluent. You can move fluently in everything. Make sure when the coach says snatch, push press, push jerk, those movements register comfortably. When your coach says, hey, we're in pigeon pose today, you don't got to look around and see if anyone's in, in pigeon pose. Like, you know every movement, you know all the words, you understand intensities, you understand modifications, you understand simple things about like scaling the workout for you to be as fit as what you need to be. And that's the thing with novice people is they're like, man, I got to get to this like elite stage because, you know, I can do this now. And it's like, nah, like stay there and make sure every little piece is intact and then, you know, start bumping it up and get into the next level. So be impatient getting started, but be patient as fuck when you're going. Yeah. Uh, just to make sure everything's, you know, like I told one of my members today, we were at um, my nonprofit. She happens to be the treasurer on the board of the nonprofit, but she's a member at the gym. We were talking about like fitness and everything like that as I, as I was teaching my seminar. And I was like, I purposefully try to, to scare you to modify and scale. Like I purposely will, will explain the workout and try to scare you from using maybe the prescribed load I put on the board. The only reason I put the prescribed load on the board as that weight is because we do have two or three members in the gym, four or five members in the gym, whatever it may be, that can use this weight. So it's like, I'm even trying to scare them out of using it to see if they are 100% confident and comfortable knowing they can move well with that load. And if they can't, then they're going to retreat back and scale back. And that lets me know as a coach that they're not ready for those loads yet. But if they challenge me and say, oh, I got this and I'm not thinking twice about it, I can move that weight. And I know they're moving into the workout with full confidence and knowing that they can do it with that weight. I was just explaining to her, like, it might be movements like a handstand pushup and like whatever it may be. I'm going to try to scare you out of it because if, if you let me scare you out of it, I know you're not ready for it. 
If you don't, then that tells me that you're confident enough to know that you can sustain position throughout the duration of this workout, whatever it may be. I like that. One thing we're a big proponent of here on the podcast is, is online coaching. I see you do some some programming. So talk to us a little bit about who your programming is for and and what makes Easy's programming unique. Yeah, man. So the unorthodox training is just basically a, a it's just pretty much programming. Like it's nothing special about it or crazy about it. It's just like you need more ideas. Trust me, I've been doing this for ten years. I got plenty of them. I'm incorporating that in my training. I'm incorporating that in my program so that people can have different ideas, different avenues to shoot for what they're doing. So we have a gymnastic program, which is basically a gymnastic template where you come in, you do gymnastics workout and advance yourself to higher skill workouts or, you know, what, if it is a higher skill workout, we got the modifications for it. But they're just basically different unorthodox ways of bringing you gymnastics and getting you to understand them. We got the home garage gym training where it's just basically a strength in the workout, strength in the workout, strength in the workout. Or maybe just a workout. Literally, it should be like 20 to 30 minutes a day in the garage and at home where you can work out modifications of what you don't have in that program. You have the strength program. It's literally one movement a day. We just come in, do a strength cycle. These are strength cycles that I've been doing for the past 10 years um, that have helped me get stronger, help me build strength. The strength programs and cycles that most people don't do because we create them at Tennessee Tech. We're out back training with Froning and a strength coach there. These are program that we kind of tested out and, and did that I brought into my online programming and then, you know, altered switched up and then started adding things to them as I advanced as a coach. And then we have the unorthodox training, which is the basic thing that I use every day. That's the workouts that I do. So there's really no modifying and scaling on that. You need to be on the level where you can kind of keep up and, and do a lot of these movements. Then we have the prehab. The prehab is just injury prevention, helping people through, you know, different injuries and moves, upper body and lower body four days a week where you can just go through these drills, these sets, and build strength as well as stability and stuff like that. If you had any injuries um, in your knees, ankles, hips, whether it be shoulders, elbows, whatever it may be, plastic spine, uh, we just go through these eight, through the upper body and lower body drills throughout the week. And then we got the weightlifting. That's the program I created that I follow that I do in my weightlifting. And the weightlifting program is just a little bit different because basically it's just ramps you up and then drops you back down. It's a 16-week program, four months, where it just ramps you up in a, in a four-week program and a four-week cycle drops you back down and then changes the variations of movements. So you're going snatching or a lot of muscle snatching and, and snatching. Everything's a squat in the program too. So no matter what you do, you are not go out and do a squat snatching or squat cleaning. Um, I believe those are the foundational movements that people are missing out. Power cleaning too much. The power snatching way too much. You need to get your body going hip crease below, receiving the barbell in the squat so that you know mechanically you are safe. You can always power snatch. You can always power clean. You'll always be able to do it. But it doesn't transfer the other way around if you're not practicing enough. So program is basically four months, and then each month you're just cycling through a different variation of squats, pulls, and lifts. I think that's all up. And that's all. Awesome. That's awesome. Now, one thing before we get out, yeah, out of here with some quick hitters, we ask every guest. I love the hashtag lift heavy, lift heavy often as in every day. That is like, that was, that was the hard work pays off hashtag before the hard work pays off hat. Like that's my favorite yeah. shit. That is some OG yeah. stuff. So talk about it. Cause I know it means more than just lifting, but yeah. dude, I love that. So let's have you often as an everyday hashtag. Basically, we, we took the word heavy and we'll just like, what does heavy mean? Great weight or great load? And what is lifting, picking up or carrying, whatever it may be. So we took the hashtag, which is basically like, I'm a father of four. I'm a husband. 
I own my gym, my Lift Heavy Often seminar, online programming, t-shirt business. I got a nonprofit. I got sponsorships and endorsements. I got competition. I got family things, you know, back home with my family. So it's like, gosh, I got a lot of things that are way heavy. A lot of things that I'm carrying and trying to, you know, lift a lot of things. And it was just like, often you feel these things. Like often you're like, oh, this is a stressful week. It's like, nah, it's every day, bro. You do this every day. You think it's often, nah, it's as in every day. Every day we are going to carry these loads. We're going to find a way to push through. And you do. So therefore, I'm going to take that same energy. I'm going to go in the gym. I'm going to max out every day. I'm going to test my body every day. And when you think about the comparison, it's like, how do I max out every day? I can only do it if I move well, if my technique is good, and I got a foundation that is unbreakable. And how do I manage all of this load in my life? Well, I got to have a foundation. I got to have scheduling to make sure my kids are on time and everything's in place. I got to have training time, time that I spend with my wife, time that I work on my business, time that I'm at the gym coaching. You have to have some type of technique in the, in the form in order to lift your heavy every day. And so when that often comes in is where the technique is broken down. It's like, man, I'm stressed out this week. I got, I didn't get anything done. This is crazy. And it's just like, bro, this is your everyday life. Like what, what changed? Did you get rid of kids? Did you, you know, get rid of school? Are you not having a job? Like, no, you got to do it every day. And so it was just basically me going into the gym every day. And I was like, man, I'm gonna max out something every day. And this is how it started. I would go in the gym every day before I left the gym. It was like max out snatch, max out clean, max out back squat, front squat, deadlift, overhead squat, max out push jerk, push press, trick press, max out deadlift, max out bench. Every day I was in the gym. Before I left the gym, it was like, I have to test the lift to the full capacity. And I don't mean like just test and see. It's like, what can I do if I came in this gym, just drunk out of my mind or stoned out of my mind or my heart's broken, I'm crying, bawling because whatever. What am I know I'm capable of? If I came in the gym full stomach, just got done eating a full meal. What can I do? What am I capable of? And how much weight can I lift? I just wanted to know. I wanted to know no matter what stimulus or what was going on in my life, how much weight can I lift? And every time I did it, I felt better. Every time I maxed out, I just felt better. I just felt like, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I just, I'm jacked up. I feel good. I'm going home on this, on this high note. And it was just like, man, like, we lift the heavy often, bro. And it was like, no, as in every day, bro. As in every day. We're doing it every day. Every day. I love it. I love it. I love the metaphor for life, man. I love the metaphor for life. Because I knew that's what it was getting to. Because I've seen some of your other stuff, some other interviews. But that that's beautifully put. Perfect. Appreciate that. All right. We get everyone out on the same couple dumb questions. So hit us with uh, your favorite non-alcoholic seltzer. I don't. Like LaCroix? None of them. All right. Yeah, Half the time them. people don't drink them. Sometimes people really <laughs> stand by them. <laughs> Whatever. He's my like, wife uh, yeah, my wife likes the Croix, but I, yeah. I don't like them. Good. Well, good for you. You're a better man than we are. Dan, we got one rep max. You're going for a one rep max. End of the day. Great workout. What song are you putting on? What song? Yeah. Any artist, any song. Ooh. Man, listen, that's a tough one, man. I got some bangers, man. I listen. Let's go. That that is a tough one, man. I'll get I'll give you you get two. How about two? Yeah, they're going on our spot our Spotify playlist. Wildlings by Toby. All right. And then Mama Mia by Lil Wayne. I think that I think that would be my two. Toby is my is my guy right now. I've been banging him lately. 
And then Lil Wayne is my all-time favorite rapper. We, we got plenty of Lil Wayne on there, but that's good. I don't think we don't have Mamma Mia, so that's good stuff. Uh, Rob, you got the Mecca of all questions. What do you got? We need the easy strength standard. It's, it's what lift defines strong and then give us either a gross weight or a, a weight relative to body weight that somebody comes in your gym, puts this, this weight up, then they're strong. And we're just talking strength? Stre- however you define it, strength. Give us one lift and one got- standard for it. Like an example, we've had somebody say a 315 clean and jerk. We've had people say, you know, two and a half times body weight deadlift. So, you know, whatever kind of. Like you're standing next to a dude at the gym. You're like, man, he's strong. What did he just do? Double body weight front squat. <sighs> yeah, that boy's strong. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's heavy. God damn it. That, yeah. That's rough, man. <laughs> that's right. Well, that, I mean, you said like that, that to me, if someone did double body weight front squat, no matter what would be like? Oh yeah, he, he he's he's decently strong. He's strong. Yeah, can't argue with that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Cool. How can people check you out, man? How can they follow you on Instagram and and shout out Project yes. Onyx one more time? Yes, we got Instagram Elijah E Z Muhammad. The letter A E N Z, not the the words, but Elijah letter E letter Z Muhammad is my Instagram handle. I just opened up a Facebook page. It's called Lift Heavy Often as an Everyday Plus Unorthodox Training. Is a private Facebook page that I opened up allowing people to come in. We're going to try to get 200 members and we're going to hold it there for a little bit. But basically I'm just giving, giving out information, talking to people, communicating and just engaging, laughing, having good times, but giving them all the things that I've learned in the background, as well as programming and stuff like that through the group, allowing them to ask me and my physical therapist questions about how to train through injury, how to keep themselves fit and in shape and just kind of whatever they need to know. And then Project Onyx is my nonprofit. It is at Project Onyx DSM. Go to the, the Instagram page, click the, the link in the bio, it'll take you to our website. It'll tell you all about Project Onyx, how we're trying to diversify gyms and grow the community so that we can be as inclusive as possible and not only be, but look as inclusive as possible amongst people that are trying to get into CrossFit and find CrossFit. And then also it has a donation button on there that you can donate to help support Project Onyx as we continue to raise revenue so that we can do the things we want to do. And then if you're ever in the Des Moines area, drop by Unorthodox Fitness. That's my gym here in Grimes. And yeah, man, that's pretty much it. And then you can always check out the Lift Heavy Often page. Lift Heavy Often has an everyday Instagram page. I make some posts on there every now and then with different t-shirt ideas and stuff like that that we're releasing and coming out with, as well as just, you know, me lifting and programming stuff. Awesome. You got some fire t-shirts too. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, man. It's been great hearing your journey and we look forward to staying in touch down the road. And thank you guys so much, man. Make sure you tag me when you post this. I can repost it. Yeah, yeah no, we're, no, we're going to do it tomorrow. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Elijah. Great, great time, man. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Very fun. Great conversation with Elijah. Boys, let's get right into it. We got a stream of the week. We do have a stream of the week. Funny you should ask. <laughs> going back and going back a little, because we do have the HBO Max archives at our at our hands, at our disposal. And one of my all-time favorite comedies, I can't say it's the most politically correct comedy, but it is a great one. Summer Heights High. It came out in about 07. And just, just an absolute heater of a show. Chris Lilly is the main character. He's an Aussie. And I love hearing Australians talk, but he plays all these different characters. Like he plays this one kind of super bitchy girl. So he plays like a, a yeah, he plays the eccentric drop the eccentric drama teacher and Mr. just goes G? around. Mr. G, welcome to Mr. G's room. <laughs> so he plays Mr. G and it's just he plays the bully, the the bully who's from Tonga. Like, I don't even know if that's right. Like, but it's just fucking awesome. And it makes me laugh every time. And I probably watched it about 10 times. So do yourselves a favor. Check out. Some I haven't watched that since I watched it at your house 
a decade and a half ago. <laughs> but very fun. I got to revisit. Rob, Dude. Rob, you're you're a summer heights eye. Support, yeah, right? I'm a big fan, and I didn't realize HBO Max has South Park archives on there too. I've been I've been watching those every South Park episode. Yeah, they, I mean, I think for for the the ladies out there, they have every Friends episode, every South Park <laughs> episode. I can't be a Friends fan. The hell, fuck no, dude. I, I if you're if you're a Friends over Seinfeld guy, we have to terminate our friendship. That's well, right. that's not. Even. But do they have Seinfeld on there? No, they don't have Seinfeld. But I I think Hulu might have Seinfeld. I, I was just talking about rewatching that too. I think you got to draw a line in the sand. My favorite story ever. Have you guys heard this? A little Dan trivia for you. They asked Larry David to write a Friends Seinfeld like collab episode because they were the two biggest shows that were on the same night. And, and the execs at NBC said, hey, Larry David, let's write this crossover episode where Seinfeld meets Friends. They're both, you know, they meet up, you know, they have a storyline. So Larry David's like, cool, dude, I'll write it up. So he writes an episode and he kills off every single character and friends. And they're like, well, I guess we're not doing this. <laughs> no way. Yes, yeah, so that, that actually happened. Larry David, the goat. Oh, he that really is. I, re- I just rewatched Curb. And it was just, <laughs> every, t- every time I do it, it's, it's great. And the Seinfeld reunion season is so much fun. So it gives me a little taste of what Seinfeld would have been in the, in the newer day. Super fun. Cool. Oh, as for the smoke of the week, boys, this week. Oh, man. So I'm stumbling around. Look, I'm like, I don't know, like a virgin in a in a sex toy shop when I'm walking in. The <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm looking at half the time. You know, you don't know space. what you're looking at, but you want it. Oh, exactly. I'm like, what do I do with this? No bullshit. I went up and I find these bacon tips and, you know, it's vacuum sealed. So I can't really make out the shape of these things. Burnt. Bacon ends, I think is what they called it. And I walk up to the lady, the butcher, and I go, hey, what do people do with this? She looks at me. She's like, well, normally they just cook them and they really like them. I was like, all right, thanks. thanks. (laughs) I'll go fuck myself. (laughs) (laughs) This lady's like your nemesis. I feel like we need like a whole episode of this. This lady that just fucking works you at the butcher shop. She She comes up with a new name for prime rib every week so she can just charge them 200 bucks. (laughs) She should have called me needle dick and kicked me out. Honest to God. But instead, you know, I I take, you know, I take the things, I go research a little bit and basically I threw it on a cast iron, put it in at 250 or first of all, sprinkled a ton of brown sugar all over it because they said it's got enough, you know, it's big fat bacon. So it's got enough salt to it. You don't want to add more salt. Put some brown sugar in there. Let the fat render in the cast iron about two, two and a half hours. Whoo, boys. <laughs> she was right. All you got to do is cook them and like them and you'll or cook them and eat them and you'll like them. It was on point. So have you ever messed with those, Rob? I have not, but <laughs> I can't wait to go to the butcher and ask for them and how to prepare them. Yeah. Ask them how to prepare them. That's, that's one thing that I let you in front of your kids. Th- that is one thing I do not miss about Southern Delaware. And this is something I'm going to roast fucking Delaware on. When you grow up there, there's a certain like, if you don't know how to do something, people have no fucking patience or like will to explain it. They just think you're a fucking dumbass. It's like you could spend two minutes telling Nick about the bacon tips and it would make everything better. Instead, you're just going to be a bitch about it. And that, that happened so much when I was growing up. Yeah, uh, to be fair to this young lady, it wasn't the same one that gave me shit over the prime rib. It was like a younger girl, and she kind of looked at me like bewildered. But regardless, <laughs> your 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 point is is well made. I mean, she clearly was like, what the fuck's wrong with you, guy? But she wasn't rude about it, at least intentionally. 
So, I mean, are you going into like the butcher at the your local giant? Or are you going to like a nice local? No, Haas, Haas family butcher, bro. Yeah, you gotta you gotta take the time to educate your client. That's unacceptable. Yeah, well, they didn't, but we figured it out. YouTube's <laughs> a hell of a drug, boys. And I suggest it. Get you some fat bacon tips. Throw up in there. Real good. All right, what we got for hitters? You know, I'm going to weasel Max, Mass Wolf off. And you, since you asked me first, we'll go with the song that's taken over the nation, Astronaut in the Ocean, Mass Wolf. Bumps. We got Rob. Barnes Courtney with the song Fire. Got it. And I got Mura Mesa featuring ASAP Rocky, Love Sick. I'm betting you guys have never heard this song. Nope. Gets me grooving a little bit, though. I'm still trying to figure out the one that Dan just said. Oh, Mass Wolf. Shit. You missed you missed the Mass Wolf resurgence on on last pod slash the text chain with us and Alex, our other our better half. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, by the way, shout out to Alex King. Swung by, actually drove up from Bethany during Nicole, who interviewed us last week, and and got a workout in. Brought his pup up here, drove an hour and a half to work out. Absolute stud. Hit a one eighty five power clean PR. So good on him. He's getting there. Damn. How yeah. long till he's co host on the podcast? He's not going to be co-hosting the podcast, Rob. You're going to be here until we make it huge or until we stop when we're 60. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's pretty much our options, right? At this point, I'm pretty far in. (laughs) That's it. I'll kill myself. I'll kill myself doing this damn pod. Like, you know, my son will have all these fucking archives and be like, my dad. My dad started babbling. He started losing a little earlier than than we expected. You know, you you know, it's on himself. You know, it's an unforeseen benefit of this podcast is when they develop the AI and there's a black mirror, that could be a stream of the week. So black mirror episode <laughs> about, about this. Yeah. I'll save that hashtag, save it Dan. But there was a black mirror episode about this where AI gets to the point where you could get like a plastic, like, let's say I die, right? This is morbid shit, but let's talk about it. I die and you could get like a fucking plastic, you know, like a Westworld Dan doll. And then you could take all the podcasts and get enough for my personality to gleam like a sense of who I am. And you have the AI develop my own personality. And I fucking just, I'm like Dan again, I'm back and kicking around my house. It's fucking weird. But can we selectively pick the things that the, the AI uses of like, <laughs> so we have enough content. Yeah. You could go the weirder stuff. Like you could, level, yeah. you, you could level me up to like a 10. You could put me down like a two. A fucking yeah, weird I, would factor. Do, I would love uh, all the way up. Crank her up. <laughs> Crank her up and keep him in a corner. But goddamn, <laughs> when you let him out, he's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I always think of myself, it's like Stone Cold, you know? Stone Cold always said, you know, how as much as Stone Cold was like Steve Austin and how much of the character is like, oh, it's just who I am. But instead of like a seven, I go to like a 12, you know? It's amplified, like, baby. Yeah, amplified up. So I feel like that's a, us at our best selves. We're amplified up, right? <sighs> so good. All right, boys. Nice chatting again. We'll be back next week. Another good guest. Absolutely. Later.